Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, the Tab Geeks Network show. Each week we take you through everything announced by Google Workspace, discussing the updates of the week and other relevant news and announcements. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we are here to help you keep up. Good to be back in the studio. Last week's episode took literally eight hours to upload, and it was only a five gig file, and normally I can upload a five gig file in a minute and a half, so that was utterly painful. Hopefully uh, everybody got to enjoy it. Sorry to the podcast world if you do watch it in video form on Spotify, which I would love to know if and who you are, because I've never actually known that anybody does watch video shows on Spotify. Everybody's pretty much audio, but they are pushing it. So if you missed that out last week, I apologize. Still not, uh, still don't have all of my gear back up, so as you can see, I'm microphone-less, and I've got the AirPods again, so um, we'll get all that set back up uh, later today, as I am back on full bandwidth with Tab Geeks, which is very exciting, so getting a whole lot of things up and running, including a live event this week, which we'll tell you about in a minute. How you doing, Steve? Good. It sounded like the intro was making up, the speed of your intro uh, voice there was making up for your slow upload speeds last week, because you just like rushed <laughs> through that uh, like no other... Um, but yeah, well, we are recording the the day of, so yes. <laughs> the next day, yeah. it's Tuesday Tuesday morning here. It is. We're doing a quick one here. Um, your and... uh, your white shirt, by the way, is blending into the background. I, the blue screen. I know. Like you don't, I know. You're just a talking I head. <laughs> I'll have to like have some you know movements here, some little ruffles. I'll try to do something here. There you go. We can do. It. How about that? <laughs> Um, That's better. That works, yeah. I guess. I, I know. I knew this shirt was going to be bad today. I wearing this. I was like, I should. I got to change the shirt. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't. I ran out. I was like, I got to put something else on with a little more color. But um, yeah, that's fine. I just bad. making fun of you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Update wise, uh, you know, we do have a special live uh, uh, update or episode. Sorry, special live, live event. Uh, ep- event coming up Thursday. And it's going to be 4 p.m. Central, I believe, uh, if I recall. Yep. So 2 p.m. Eastern and figure it out no, from 2 there. 2 p.m. Pacific. Oh, p- specific. 2 p.m. Pacific. Right, right. It goes back. Yes, specific. Specific, <laughs> Pacific. Pacific. Other Pacific. direction. Yeah. Pacific. Pacific. That is going to be, Correct. and we'll get the graphics out for that uh, later today and start promoting it rather heavily, but that is going to be an episode all about the Google Workspace certification and, and getting educated and certified. Yeah, and you know what? I just think Sarah has a I think she has the perfect last name because, you know, it's <laughs> what are you doing when you're, you know, trying to work towards a certification? Well, you're you're learning, right? And it's her last name is Learner, that's right. so it's Sarah Learner. Uh, so I think that's Sarah why, they, that's from why they gave for the job because, you know, you're learning when you study for the certs. And <laughs> yep, apparently. Well, I don't have her bio in front of me, but she's a, um, a superstar on the go-to-market team and, and is going to be talking all about uh, getting certified in the Google Workspace certification specifically and uh, what it takes to get educated and how to yeah. test and any other questions. We will be taking questions live, so um, just make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel and I'll be creating the event uh, for the, the actual live event later today, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, because we can talk about that, you know, new new Chrome OS beta exam that came out. Speaking of which, I need to take part two by the end of this month in order to uh, get my full results submitted. And yeah, they just kind of it's it's a lot of what you might have seen in the Google University if you're a partner in the training for the Chrome deployment uh, cert that uh, was out before before this one. This is gonna be the public nice. Chrome OS uh, admin certification. But uh, yes, let's jump into our updates. I think if we if we want, I know Jesse. I don't know if 
If you want to add while I'm talking about the updates, any of those additional items we saw in the news, if we have time, we can maybe run through them, but I will leave them out uh, just in case we don't have time. Uh, if we do, I will just, well, we'll talk, t uh, talk about them as we have time. Uh, if not, we'll move it to next week, uh, next week's recording. I don't think there was anything too pressing in terms of those uh, other news updates. But uh, published releases, we had uh, eight this week. A lot around just like usability and uh, you know better functionality of existing features, those kind of things. So nothing too groundbreaking, I would say, by the looks of things. Uh, maybe unless I missed something here. And then you know looking forward to next week, uh, looking at those visit that visible change doc, you know, there's not too much we can kind of mention in there publicly, but it does look like there's uh, going to be about seven updates coming for for next week. You know, we've seen uh, seen a couple already to come out already this week, uh, but just kind of giving you a little uh, heads up for for next week's episode on that. So, first one uh, that came out: improved quality and performance for Google Meet effects on the web. Uh, there's, the next one is more control over accessibility, preferences in doc sheets, slides, and drawings. There is an updated user interface for managing email quarantines. And I know, Jesse, with your lovely microphone selection today, I would maybe mute while you're typing. I'll just throw that in there. Valid points. <laughs> just in case it's <laughs> picking point. it up, I don't know. Yeah, I'm hearing it, but I don't know if the actual recording will hear it. Uh, so we're talking about updated user interfaces for managing email quarantines. Uh, nice little update for that. Uh, seeing how much noise is being removed from Google Meet video calls is now going to be uh, shown to your end users. Uh, you can conveniently connect site visitors with social channels in the new sites. Uh, number, at number six here, we have enhancements to the uh, frame people feature on Google Meet hardware devices. Uh, next is the new color categorization in calendar to better understand how you're spending your time. And then finally, to wrap things up, uh, you have the ability to easily assign tasks from Google Docs. And like I said, uh, looking at hopefully seven or so updates for next week uh, based on those visible changes docs. And then a few things in the news, which we'll try to get to uh, regarding some cloud stuff and some workspace stuff. Not too earth-shattering news there, but we'll try to get to that. It should be brief. Uh, but let's jump into the updates then. So first one uh, was that improved quality and performance for Google Meet effects on the web. So this is uh, you know, when you're enabling features like background blur, background replace, uh, and then immersive backgrounds and styles. It's just doing a better job of uh, working with uh, you know, blending that virtual background with the foreground of the person and making it more realistic looking. So that, uh, that feature is coming. Uh, pretty soon here it looks like uh, it's available to all users and as of when it was launched which was Monday the 15th also part of that though was uh, that you know there's some better battery performance uh, you know and reduction of CPU usage by about up to 30% while using these optimization effects so that can go a long way for those long meetings when people need to have those backgrounds on and um, there's also some, it looks like for the first effect supporting the, some new capabilities are background blur and light adjustment. Uh, support for those additional effects like background place will be added in the near future. And as this is kind of an end user feature, no admin control for this, uh, it is uh, available to 
all users right now with the back, improved background and foreground separation as well as the cloud-based processing. Uh, so that's what's doing the reduction there in the CPU usage, for example. And then, um, you know, some notes on availability here. It's available to all uh, for, to all users on eligible devices. So there is some limitations on what devices can leverage this uh, functionality. So keep uh, click the link to learn more about that. And in regards to availability on cloud-based processing, it is only going to be available to select uh, workspace accounts. So those on work business standard, business plus, enterprise standard, enterprise plus customers, and workspace um, individual users are eligible on devices in eligible countries like North America, Europe, North Africa, Central Asia, South Southeastern Asia, which to me sounds like most places. Um, and then it's not available to uh, those on Workspace Essentials, Business Starter, Enterprise Essentials, Education Fundamentals, Education Plus, Frontline, Nonprofits, unfortunately we won't be benefiting, uh, as well as G Suite, oh. Basic Business Customers, and Google Personal Accounts. So I'm going to uh, have to turn the virtual background back on because given that I've got my great setup here for uh, physical background, I have not used virtual background in, I don't know, six months more yeah, since I built that's this. True. Thing. So I, I'm going to have to turn it back on and, and test it because this looks I like probably, a huge improvement. I probably should. I, mean, I haven't done it. I'm using sitting at a desk when I want to turn those on. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm off on a laptop in a good, uh, with a good background. So I haven't, I haven't used it either since when it came out. Yeah. Well, it's uh, nice to see them catching up to uh, Zoom, shall we say, because uh, Zoom has been quite better uh, than Google Meet when it comes to uh, background virtualization and, uh, well, higher quality video, but we won't talk about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, there's some more control over accessibility preferences in doc sheets, slides, and drawings. There's, uh, yeah, so kind of talking about screen reader, braille devices, screen magnifiers, and more. Uh, there's, uh, you know, rather, what they're saying here is rather than having the same accessibility settings apply across the products, you're now able to set preferences for each product individually. And this is uh, expected to make it easier to ensure accessibility settings are personalized to match the user's needs. So uh, in those accessibility settings in each app. You have essentially uh, four different settings here that you can toggle on and off, some which are dependent upon you know, turning screen reader support on or off, which then has sub-settings for turning on Braille support and turning on collaborator announcements. And then separately, you have the turn on magnification support as well there as your accessibility settings. Uh, end users, you know, that are using this will kind of, I don't, there's no change in terms of where this is going to be at under tools and accessibility. Uh, rollout for this is split between rapid release domains, which started the 15th of uh, August on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility and scheduled release domains. Uh, we'll start seeing this uh, on the 29th of August, also on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. It's available to everyone and uh, available to legacy, G Suite, uh, personal accounts, all the, the, the whole gamut of, of customers as it should be. Uh, next, you have the update. We have the update to the user interface for managing email quarantines. An interesting thing here, I mean, the email quarantines, which you, know, you typically access through the admin console. Uh, there's a link there to manage it. Not controlled by your admin login, which I've, I've I've come to learn. You know, it doesn't time out, for example, like it does with 
accessing other things in the admin console. So uh, just bear that in mind because you can actually delegate access to the admin to the email quarantine to non-admins that don't have any admin roles that they're just you know assigned uh, permissions in the quarantine uh, settings, for example. So just something interesting there to keep in mind. Uh, so some of the improvements here that are coming is that a collapsible side panel for filtering quarantines is going to be uh, be there. Uh, Pagenated table view displaying quarantines with custom names row by row. And then the option to view the original raw content of a selected messages for easier referencing. I have definitely been using the email quarantine a lot these days, especially here at 1871. We have a lot of our email safety uh, features uh, set to quarantine messages. We're, we're not spend, sending things to spam for the users. It does, of course, create a little bit more administrative overhead, but it oh. definitely increases the safety of you know, your users because what's happened to me before and other organizations I've been at and stories that I've heard from other people is that despite an email going to spam and having a warning on it, people have actually actioned the, you know, send me some money to this, you know, debit card or whatever game cards that uh, emails might be saying. So if you take it away from the users, Lovely. they won't see it. Uh, but of course, you have to then keep an eye on these to let through some of the, the valid emails that does tend to occur from time to time, uh, especially with like the name spoofing setting, uh, things like that, because it kind of picks up on, um, you know, it doesn't do like a full name match or like email match. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a loose match because, you know, you might have a Steve Larson that emails people in your organization and that's an actual Steve Larson. Well, when they email, you know, someone, an email comes in from Steve Larson uh, from another company and it's valid, it might get caught by those, uh, those name security uh, settings and go in the quarantine. So we kind of deal with that. Um, also, some third-party services will try to impersonate the name of a user but not actually send from your environment. So those kind of get caught as well. But I think it's the small price to pay for that increased security. We, um, you know, we're, we're a pretty small org, so we also don't have the, probably the email volume that a lot of other companies might, but, <laughs> you know, for 50 people, we, uh, we kind of manage with it and keep an eye on it. And, um, I think it works pretty well for us in that case. It just, it, you know, can't be perfect, I would say. Yeah. We're on the other side of that, but we have 500 employees, so we're not hand filtering anything. All hail yeah. the Google automation technology. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you just, you just kind of go in there and look if someone complains that says, Hey, I didn't get this email mm -hmm. and then you kind of look for it. Yeah. yeah I just remember that. Those... Yeah. We'll do a quick investigation, but it's yeah. usually for the most part, people can find things in their spam should they need them, but they've also yeah. been heavily trained on the fact that, Hey, That's if it looks one, dumb, yeah. it's probably dumb. <laughs> right. Maybe you reach out a to good them. one the other day. That was, that was a decent phishing. We, we use site ground for, uh, the host for one of our websites is, a. WordPress and WordPress in kind of a unique situation, and um, and we got an email from somebody that made it look like it was from SiteGround. They were using SiteGround graphics and everything, and uh, it was at first glance pretty good. But the email was not from SiteGround; it was from something random at you know dot something random, whatever crazy generated email it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was like, "Do not click that button." No, right, right. it was telling us that our domain was expiring. I'm like. Uh, the domain is not managed through SiteGround. It's only hosted through SiteGround. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Trying to get some association there of the actual tools and services you're using to make it look somewhat legitimate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, they, they're getting better. You yeah. know, yeah. you have to be better. 
all right, so in terms of this feature rollout, uh, it is, we've got, let's see here, um, extended rollout for both rapid release and scheduled release domains starting the 16th of August. Uh, so potentially longer than 15 days for visibility, but they expect the complete rollout to be done by the 14th of September and available to all the editions as well as G Suite Legacy Basic uh, customers. Uh, next, some info regarding how much noise is being removed during your Meet video calls. So as you know, or That's some of you may know. Is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this, here you go in this in the update here, you can see the animation and you can see when it's reducing the noise, give you a little bit of feedback that you know stuff is happening in the background that Google is recognizing and filtering out. So you know, it, it does things like construction sounds, uh, background chatter, noises such as typing could be helpful for today if we were using Google Meet, for example. Uh, but uh, this now gives those users a little bit more feedback as to what is happening and who that, um, you know, that we, if there be there might be some noise in your background causing some issues because it's going to get the majority of it out. It's been, you know, the, all the testing that I've done, it's been pretty stellar for a lot of those like kitchen noises. Uh, what it doesn't do well though is running water, I've noticed. Whenever I do really? running, yeah, well, what it does with running water is it actually reduces your voice quality so much that it, people say, oh, I can't hear you. And I'm like, oh, I'm running the water, that's why. So that's one thing that it needs a little bit of improvement on is the running water uh, noise canceling because the voice so of the person. So be careful with having your mic on while you're going to the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully your video is off as well. Washing your hands or in the kitchen. <laughs> Usually I'm you know, washing dishes or something like that. It works great with espresso machines and coffee machines. It drowns those noises out perfectly. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you'll you'll start to see that feedback. Uh, no, I have a control. Wonder why that one. is. Uh, which, what? Wonder why? What is the the water? Why running? it doesn't work so well on water? Yeah. I, it probably could be something to do with like what your voice tone, like the the hertz and everything, the frequencies are at. Maybe it's matched Frequency, yeah. very closely. Could be it. Yeah. After uh, some research. Uh, in terms of rollout for this one, this is rolling out to wrap release and schedule release domain starting the 16th of August on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. It's available to certain uh, customers, those on Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Essentials, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, and Workspace Individual customers, uh, not for frontline, not for nonprofits, basic, essentials, a business starter and education fundamentals, so and also not personal accounts. So you gotta gotta pay the money to get that feature. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's it's based on you know the noise reduction, so it's just an enhancement to that noise reduction feature is only available on those higher tiers. Uh, next, we have the ability to conveniently connect site visitors with social channels in new sites. Uh, so your Google site editors can now insert stylized social media links into pages within their site. And it just makes it a little bit easier to, uh, you know, understand and know where those links are going in terms of the social media links. So pretty helpful there. Give you some of those icons. Nice. Yeah. And if you are a site admin, you can uh, kind of head over to the insert social links in the in the menu, and then paste those links in there, and uh, and add those to your site. Uh, rollout for this one is going to be split between rapid release domains uh, starting 16th of August on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. And then those scheduled release domains will start the 30th of August on a full rollout, full rollout 
with a very quick one to three day uh, pace for feature visibility there and available to everyone that has Google Sites, which is, is everybody. Uh, okay, three more to go, and we might have some time for those extra ones in the news. So let's see if we can get through these. Uh, so in, enhancements to the Frame People feature on Google Meet hardware devices. I was using this recently. Uh, we've got a hardware um, Google Meet kit, and we were all, you know we were not using Meet hardware before. We had some Logitech uh, Meetup cameras, I think, or the group cameras, or both. I think we had both of those. And the meetup camera was meant to do like the follow the speaker. And it just wasn't working very, it never worked as well as we thought it would. And then, you know, we got the meet kit, had the frame people functionality, and that was working pretty flawlessly. I was actually really impressed at how quickly it was framing the people and uh, discovering who was speaking, things like that. So uh, that feature is now more easily disco discoverable and can be accessed in the meeting room, uh, in a meeting from the touch panel in fewer steps. So it previously required two steps by first selecting the camera icon control and selecting frame people. Now it's immediately visible on the touch panel. So just making that a little bit quicker and easier, I guess they were finding that, I guess people were using it. So let's bring it more front and center in terms of the feature options. Uh, I'm sure they're tracking, you know, every time you click on something and, uh, and using something there. So this is, Probably something they discovered in all those usability metrics that they collect. Mm. Yep. Uh, rollout for this one uh, started the 22nd of August for both rapid release schedule release domains on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. It's like my most commonly said phrase of all these episodes gradual rollout mm. up to 15 days for feature visibility. Um, just gotta just have that recording and just like press play when that comes out. That's just, you know, save myself from speaking that sentence all the time. Uh, available to all workspace customers as well as G Suite Basic and Business. And it's available for all supported Google Meet hardware devices that have not yet reached their auto update expiration date. So they will need to get an update to get that functionality change. So keep that in mind. Uh, next, we have new color categorization and calendar to better understand how you're spending your time. Uh, so when Time Insights was launched back in 2021, that feature was giving users some better understanding of how you're spending your time in your Google Calendar. And starting uh, the 16th of August, that, the day of the announcement, uh, you can categorize your time by naming and assigning a corresponding color label to an event within the Time Insights calendar. So this should you know, just help you make it more visible, more customizable to understand what those different colors are meant for. Uh, you have some things called important personal. You can put other in there. I think you can define different uh, categories here because uh, I'm seeing like strategy 2022. So in the screenshot, they give an example. So there's uh, definitely some usability. Yeah, some tags there, some vis uh, visibility improvements here as well. And there's some and details. this is different from color coding your calendars. This is color coding yeah, the events right. on a single calendar when in Time Insights. And I yes. didn't didn't see this yet, but when you close Time Insights, do those colors remain? There you go. Yep. They stick around. And I have to test it. Yeah. Do they? Oh, wait. Do they stick around in 
Um, so specifically when you're in Time Insights. So if you close Time Insights. No, no, no. It's it. it I, I see what you mean. Like you have to have the Time Insights side panel open to see the color change. Is that what you're saying, or does it change the actual? I believe so. Color to the entire event. I don't know. It's a good question. Starting today, you can categorize your time by naming and assignment, assigning a corresponding color label to an event within Time Insights and Calendar. Yeah, I haven't used. Why would they it. specify? Well, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I think it changes the event permanently and aligns it with the Time Insights settings. Because I have several calendars and they're all different colors, so um, I have to make sure I don't have color overlap with that. I got, yeah, I got a sorry. I got a lot of colors on my calendar too, because I like link in about ten different calendars of mine. <laughs> not enough colors out there in the rainbow for that, really. I mean, there is, right. but it's just not different ones. Uh, this one, uh, feature-wise and rollout pace, uh, there's some differences, uh, some specifics on this. So, 16th of August, very popular day for the rep release. Uh, domains uh, started to get this on an extended rollout, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility. And scheduled release domains, we'll start to see this on the 30th of August, also on an extended rollout, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility. It is only available to Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, and nonprofit customers. Just like, it's so weird, like what we get. It's really, it's really weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the logic between some of this, the, the choice of including it with nonprofits or not is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, not available to personal accounts or any of the other workspace uh, tiers that I did not mention before. Uh, and then finally, easily assign tasks from Google Docs. So in Google Docs, you can now assign a checklist item to yourself or a colleague, and that will show up on the assignee's tasks list. Pretty cool. Uh, when edits are made, finally, yeah. When edits are made to an assigned item in tasks, such as a change to the title, due date, or completion state, those updates will show in the doc, and vice versa. So very cool. It links those together. Yes. They are, yeah. So it's this is a really cool little feature here. Really. Yet like another this. feature that was announced a year ago, and we're only just seeing it now. Well, I, yes, you seem to be the. All-knowing on task uh, features and announcements. <laughs> this is like your baby. It's a source, sub, source subject. Yeah, yeah I know. Right. <laughs> I was actually we we hired somebody from Microsoft, not from Microsoft, but from a Microsoft-heavy environment recently hmm. uh, on the IT team, and he's like, "Well, why can't I use? Uh, why isn't there a OneNote-style thing where I can just take all of my notes here and assign it to tasks, and it'll just show up for everybody in in you know the Google world, similar to how OneNote can do it?" And I was like. Mm we're getting there, we're close. And then this rolled out and I was like, see, another one, another piece of it. We're, we're almost there. Um, except that, again, still, Google, hello, why don't we have an independent management for tasks, different window, something that would, lovely, that would be lovely, please. I know I'm not the only one that wants this. Yeah. Anyway, this is a good step forward, about time it rolled out. Can't wait to see what else they're going to announce at next and not give us for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of next. Although, who knows? Maybe under new management, it will accelerate. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be 
anything interesting in terms of like local events happening. I don't know. I'm still we're still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with that. We heard that there, there be... was maybe something in the in the in the works there in the grapevine, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, we filled out the form in the survey, and it specifically asked where you're at. It did. It did. But um, I was talking to some of the C to C people when they were here in Chicago, and they're going to be hosting some events during next out in Sunnyvale. And then also, I think it's in, a little in Europe, bit far. Okay, uh, so far for if what? I can go to Sunnyvale, if I can go to Sunnyvale, I may like you know we may as well just host it with Google. They should be, they should have it in LA. They should have it in Chicago. They should have it in New York. They should have it in like you know at Google offices simulcast. Well, that's give us the experience or don't like. Yeah. What yeah. are they doing? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Um, but the C2C I know that C to C is not Google, but C to C is funded somewhat by Google and. Kinda yeah. seems like they're going in the direction of being the unofficial official, you know, workspace and cloud events arm of Google almost, you know, in person type some, of thing. So Yeah, in some aspect I think they are, but I think there's a lot of separation though and differences between what they're doing and uh, what Google's yeah. doing. I don't I don't think that's kind of transitioned but at all. But if Google doesn't want to host it, that's a great option. Yeah. But they're C2C is just running things primarily in Google offices. They're not going out and getting their own venues and things like that at the moment. So from what I've seen, anyway. Again, great. <laughs> Do it in the Google office. There's yeah. an event coming up. What is that? This week in, uh, in the yeah, Goose? Yeah, I just, I just don't. Here? Yeah, but those are, pretty, those are pretty small scale events. You know, if you're talking about next size, yeah. you know, event at oh, for certain sure. offices, that's going to be substantial overhead. Of, I just don't see that being feasible for a Google office at all. It's just not the right location for it. So, right. I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We were talking about uh, the tasks here and when this is coming out. I don't know if I think, I think I got the roll, the roller pace or not, but no, I did not because this is a different day. It started the 17th of August for rapid release domains. On a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility, and then scheduled release domains will start 31st of August. On a gradual rollout, also up to 15 days for visibility, available to all workspace customers, uh, and, but not available to users with personal Google accounts. So there you have it, folks. We got about nine minutes to spare here, Jesse, until your time is up. Show yeah. Me. So uh, just a reminder. Two o'clock on Thursday is our live event about Google Workspace certification. We hope to see you all there. If you have questions and cannot make it, feel free to submit them to us on our website. Um, just uh, there's a, a form on there that you can fill out, or uh, you can email us um, or Twitter, whichever you want, whichever way you want to reach out. You can reach out and find us, uh, or feel free to drop a comment on on this video, and, and I'll see it there and, and bring them to the event. We will be taking questions live, so you can definitely ask your questions uh, there. And again, that's going to be with uh, Googler Sarah Lerner. So looking forward to that. And that's at 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, two other things in the news here, just before we jump off for uh, our next uh, meeting here. Uh, Google fends off a record-breaking DDoS attack. If you remember the Cloudflare attack back in June, uh, this was 76% more powerful than that one. It is possibly the largest, uh, or is the largest DDoS attack in yeah. history. Um, this it type, was yeah. of this type. It was it was a big one. 46 million requests per second. Cloudflare and, was 26 uh, million, so it's a big difference. Pretty, yep, pretty exactly. Difference. Monstrous. Yeah. So. Um, 
you know, I've been reading an interesting book recently called uh, This is How They Tell Me the World Ends by New York Times cybersecurity uh, reporter. And it basically goes into detail about the early days of uh, DDoSs and zero days and uh, how Google reoriented themselves around security first posture. And uh, you can see that, that you know, that culture uh, still coming through here and the fact that they were able to prevent the largest ever or defeat the largest ever DDoS attack here. So very impressive. If you're looking for more information uh, specifically about this, there's a great PC Mag article that we'll have in the notes and uh, has all of the details there. Yeah, and uh, specifics of that in terms of like the Google technology that was assisting with this uh, was the Cloud Armor, DDoS, like the, the Google's anti-DDoS Cloud Armor system is what helped uh, yeah, yeah. secure that. Uh, and then, you know, little details in that this came apparently from the Maris botnet. So uh, that's kind of, that was kind of the source of that. And uh, this, this was um, essentially what, uh, you know, infects a lot of routers and modems and many of them belonging mm -hmm. to uh, Mikrotik. So yeah. uh, that is kind of where the scale of, of which this kind of came from is, you know, getting access to all of those devices and being able to then control the, the network and some of the traffic going out from there and how, why it was so so large in terms of requests per second. Uh, yeah, I'm curious if there's going to be, you know, more information later on about who specifically this was targeting because it does say that it was targeting a customer. Yeah. But I guess after they do their, uh, what do you call it, investigation, I suppose, maybe we'll get some more data on that, which would be pretty cool. And then finally, right. the last uh, yeah, go ahead just... yeah, the last little update we have here is for our European fa uh, fans. If you're looking to use Google Workspace Individual in Europe, now you can. It is now available. Uh, so, as you know, Google Workspace Individual was launched in the U.S. and Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Japan, and Australia about a year ago, and now it is moving over to the Europe side. So, if you if you have anybody who is looking to use it over there, uh, good news for you. And um, I don't really have to go into too much detail here because I think we all know what Google Workspace Individual is. Um, but it's uh, it's live, so if you're curious about more information there, there's a keyword blog post that we have in the notes as well. Bye, Mrs. Bear. Let's wrap it up. Bye, Mrs. Bear. All right, that's all for this week. Send us your questions and comments on Twitter at Workspace Recap and on our, on our website WorkspaceRecap.com. Again, hope to see you at the event this Thursday, uh, which is in a couple of days here. And uh, feel free to send us your questions either on the YouTube video uh, comments or uh, through the website or Twitter. Like I said, hit, this, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening. And uh, if you're on YouTube, then make sure you get the notifications bell hit over there so you get notified whenever we have new content or whenever we go live. Ding. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Workspace Recap. Bye.